Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our GCW Review Show on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Foxy from Grapple Arcade, and I'm joined once again by Mr. Stephen Jackson. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's been uh, been a good week, and and been looking forward to talking about this show. What's just happened? But yeah, I'm all good, and glad you are okay as well, Mark. Indeed, mate. I know that you um you also were um you caught up with, should I say, the um the 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 hardcore extravaganza, the death match of deathness. Shall yeah. we say, from um, which was on the night before this. You've done yeah. a double header, haven't you? Yeah, um, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. What I always, what I find amazing is that some of the performers on those shows actually wrestled the, on this show the day after, and yeah. some of the stuff what they were doing on those things. And and Kane, who's the photographer who um, I get photographs from, like I did for the Wrestling Estate article, he was actually at the show so i've got possibly a written article or a review of that of that show coming soon but he said that bizarrely it was the um what i'm saying but it was the safest covid show he'd been to recently as being an um being a photographer a wrestling photographer the, uh, the king of the, the, the safest the yeah. safest covid show yeah. um is a phrase you won't hear very often in general it's is but linked to extreme hardcore death matches yeah um sets it apart what a phrase Um, brilliant stuff did you enjoy that overall yeah i thought it was good yeah i think it's um it's all i mean the interesting thing about me is is that i don't really condone sort of deathmatch wrestling or deathmatch um you know style of wrestling but there's just something about it that aura where it just adds into the um craziness like in i mean there was a couple of instances on this show which we'll talk about but it kind of um you can't help but sit there shocked and things stick with you. And, you know, the crowd were great. And, you know, there was some really strong performances in the, you know, in terms of like these one match, not one night tournaments as well, you really get to see these guys who are, you know, a tough, like to be able to take the amount of punishment, what these guys do, you know, you've got to be tough to go through it. And, you know, I commend them. For, it's a bit like Brawl for All back in the day where, you know, you got to sign the contract, no no clause kind of thing that you're going in, all balls to the wall kind of thing. So yeah. it's it's definitely always um, full of surprises. And it's definitely one of those, again, much like this show, I would say for people to, to seek out. Just even if you've never watched Deathmatch Wrestling of that kind before, um, it's definitely a good introduction to it, albeit, you know, very full on. But it was good fun, you know. Like this show, it was good fun. I'm right in thinking this was their fifth um, carnation of yeah. tournament of survival as well, wasn't it? This is their fifth. Is it, is, do they run it? Is it yearly or is it like a, a few times a year or how many times does it run? It's an annual tournament, much like um, CZW's um, Cage of uh, Cage of Death and the um, King of Death match in IWA, where it's basically just the creme de la creme of death matches so we had you know uh, rsp atticus koga um 
Alex Cologne, who was the reigning uh, the reigning champion into or the reigning um, you know defending champion coming into it, and Schlack, and it's always one of the big annual events for the for the company. Um, one thing as well about it, much like the um, early sort of tournaments back in, like when Mick Foley took part in the one in Japan, where it is all just death matches. There was one uh, non-tournament match, which was a six-way scramble. But it is all, you know, deathmatch orientated. It's kind of like you get snippets of it throughout the year with the odd deathmatch here and there, as we've seen. But this is just all full on, you know, deathmatch wrestling, you know, throughout the whole show. And they've had some really big names throughout the throughout the years. You know, you've had the great Sasuke. They've had obviously Nick Gage. Um, they've had um, there's one of Joey Janela. You know, they've had they've had some. Big, obviously, George and Alaris on the list show, but they have some really big names. It, it it draws in big crowds, you know. It's one of those things where it it really, um, you know, is a, is a star attraction show for the company. So it was definitely again one of those shows. I would say for people to either if you've seen them before, definitely seek it out. This was another great tournament. Or if you've never seen Deathmatch Wrestling before and you want to get into it, um, it's definitely one of those shows which I would recommend. Um, and it took place in the um, showboat in Atlantic City as well, which is a great venue. And where can people find your write-up on that, mate? That'll be available on the Wrestling Estate website. So um, as I often do at the end of these reviews, uh, I write. For, I'll say. It, I may as well say it now rather than later on. But I write for the Wrestling Estate. Um, so if you find us on Twitter at the Wrestling EST. Um, or if you search us on Google, The Wrestling Estate, you'll be able to find my written work there. Uh, after me and Mark reviewed um, GCW Homecoming, I wrote a, a review of both shows uh, with some exclusive photographs from Kane, the photographer who I just mentioned, and he, he attended the tournament of Survival 5 as well. So there'll be some exclusive photographs from him right in the thick of it, which are always really cool to look through. Um, he gets the best shots. Um, so that'll be available there and then you can find some of my other a lot of my other written work as well so my most recent article was about the um, five shows uh, to check out on um, Powerslam TV um, from various different independent promotions uh, who we also have a partnership with don't we at uh, BBG uh, Wrestling so those five shows are picked out for people to watch in there during Covid from all over the world on Europe so um so yes that's where you'll be able to find it wonderful stuff man and obviously today we're here to chat about uh jimmy lloyd's jersey show yeah now uh this would i mean just the, the title alone <laughs> is a beauty of a title and i love the fact that we've classed it as jimmy lloyd's jersey show and jimmy has a match sort of randomly halfway through the card it's not like <laughs> yeah. he's the main eventing it or anything like that i love it but um yeah, I mean, a couple of things to point out about this um, off from, from the off. It's the same outdoor peer venue that Homecoming was at, Yeah, um, I believe. And as uh, we were mentioning just before there, the, um, the skies and the brightness weren't necessarily in favour of GCW um, tonight. It was a bit dark and it was a bit grayscale. Um, and they made the most out of it, but it didn't have that vibrance that you'd kind of want. It was, a, you know, it was sort of... I'm guessing early evening, afternoon, early evening time, but yeah. it was definitely a grey scaled skyline there. Um, so yeah, it kind of it, it felt a bit drab and dreary in terms of aesthetics um, in the backdrop. It can't be helped by GCW, obviously. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it's moody, to say the least. Yes. But 
I think um, it's it's worth also pointing out that compared to um, the likes of Homecoming, the crowd, I'd say there's a lot more people there for this in terms of how busy the crowd was yeah. around the ring. It seemed to be more fuller. There was a lot more people there. You know, a lot more people were out to support the promotion, the wrestlers in question. Yeah. Um, at least it looked that way anyway on camera. But um, But yeah, in terms of... The show itself, I think we'll just crack straight on and, and start with the opener, Steve, which was uh, AR Fox versus Cole Roderick. Yeah. Now, really fun opener, this I thought. And I thought this is also coming off Roderick having a really, really solid match at, um, from last time I saw him anyway, at um, Keep in Touch with Kylie. Um, fantastic match with Kylie at the time. And this, for me, is the first time I've seen Fox share the same name, but I haven't seen him wrestle in absolutely ages, yeah. personally. Um, any backstory there? Has he been off for a while with any particular reason, or has he just not wrestled in GCW for a while? He just hasn't wrestled in uh, GCW for a while. He was working okay. a lot with um, Evolve, um, ah. but obviously Evolve have been purchased by um, WWE, and um, he was doing a lot of... Um, indie shots. He'd worked briefly as well in Lucha Underground, so he, he'd yeah. been there as well as Dante Fox, I believe. His name's if I've got the name right, I think it's Dante Fox. Um, but yeah, I think the COVID situation as well, like I said on commentary, I just think he's been um, maybe as well because of his style, it's just been taking a bit of time out just to, you know, um, sort of heal some wounds and stuff um, just because obviously he's got a very, um, I would say re- I've always called him quite reckless in a way but he's not reckless in the sense of dangerous it's just reckless in the sense of certain things what he does um but he tries yeah, to be an innovator doesn't he i think it's fair he, to say. He, he likes he likes to attempt um new innovative sort of yeah moves and new new interesting sort of takes on different types of moves um and hey you know what i mean you've got to go for these things sometimes yeah. and i think because of that there is the potential that he might occasionally hurt himself. Um, But it's, he's really always very interesting to watch because occasionally, well, more often than not, you'll go, shit, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And I will say, I thought that this was a very solid opening. Yeah. I thought it was really, really fun. I thought that the two gelled really well together and the crack between them was very, very good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. You had some really interesting, uh, sections of the match as well there was spots we'll say spots who cares we'll say spots <laughs> but there were some fantastic moves um sent on to the outside straight away landing on feet i, I did really like uh radrick right, right near the start of the match he did a sent on to the outside uh, landed on his feet and his head slowly popped up right in front of the camera yeah. and he smiled. <laughs> that was class um and then fox immediate fo- follows up by um, running that that move where he, he ran up the ring post. Oh yeah, uh, on the outside of the apron, hits yeah. a back flip to the outside and lands on his feet too. Class that just that looked mint. And we're talking about being um, like using innovative sort of moves and techniques. I can't think that I've seen that before personally. Um, the way he did it, it just was wonderful. Just ran up the yeah. post and sort of back flip, you know. Planche, I don't know <laughs> what it was, but it was, it, it was nice. I called anyway. it a cartwheel moonsault. I have seen him do it before. Right, okay. I have seen him do it before in Evolve years ago nice. when he first came into the, the company. So I kind of was waiting for that move to come about, and it always makes me uh, jump up and just uh, mark out. Let's use all the, yeah. let's use all the terms. Right, Spots, anyway. mark out, oh. <laughs> smarks. 
<laughs> star ratings will go there. Oh, well, uh, five star. No, it was it was really good though. I thought it was, yeah. it was a fun fun move. Um Again, there's other bits and bobs as well. I remember at one point you used like a sort of a skin the cat type of um, yeah. manoeuvre into a double foot stomp. Um, seemed to kind of hurt his leg in the process of doing that. But I think that's just part and parcel of what we were led to believe. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was difficult to know. Um, he, pulled Roderick, uh, he pulled Roderick up at one point as well. And Roderick jumped up and sprung up into a, like a cutter, which was really fun. Yeah. There's lots of really, really fun things. Lots of um, fun, quick pinning combo attempts as well, as you'd expect from one of these matches. Um, that roundhouse spinning kick, oh which apparently knocked Fox out towards God. the end. I mean, was that legit from what you could tell? Because it well, looked bloody legit. And then he kind of shrugged it off pretty quickly. Well, uh, don't know. But that got the win, obviously, for Radrick yeah. as well. Oh, that was um, I, I put on my um, notes AR Fox knocked out three exclamation marks Rod, Roderick vicious dangerous and then work on strikes because we'd seen that Kylie, Kylie Ray um, mm. pun, uh, <laughs> chop as you'll hear in our previous review now whether this was Fox after that maybe giving him a bit of a rub and giving him kind of the you know strong style sort of um, knockout finish I don't know but yeah, from what I could, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but from what I could see, that thing looked absolutely. Even regardless of if it wasn't knocked out, that thing looked flipping vicious. I've seen some kicks in my time, but that thing was straight to his head, and it looked absolutely. It looked. He went down. He went down like a sack of potatoes. It, there was no getting up from it, like they said on commentary. It was. Na- but I liked that. I thought it came. I liked that it was out of the blue. I think that really added into the um, the finish. I think that if it had been. You know, um, some kind of a standard move, it might have, you know, um, come off differently. But I think that shock from when people are in the audience as well, I think it really added into the whole ambience of it as a as a match. And I thought, like you, it was it was great. There was just so many um, great sequences between the two of them, and the chemistry between them as well. Like like you said, you know, they were they were great opponents. And you know, I think Cole Radrick is one of those guys who's just going to keep getting better and better, and He's just got so much potential. Um, and AR Fox is one of those guys who just always delivers no matter what as well. So there was nothing in this match where I didn't enjoy. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely. I th- you've, you've nailed it for me there, mate. I think uh, Cole has got a lot um, a lot of potential to really impress me personally. And he has done it's two solid matches from him in a row so far. The first one being with a replacement of like with Kylie, so it's you know adapting to somebody, um, and a new opponent that you know maybe unexpected and weren't planning to wrestle against, but put on a, a, one of one of the matches of the night for keeping touch. Yeah. and then also wrestling a guy who hasn't been in GCW for quite a long time, so hasn't necessarily been somebody who's in the ring who you can spot and watch and you know check out on a regular basis. Um, and that being said, two fantastic matches. And again, as you said there, uh, props to AR Fox as well, because it was really fun to watch him back in action for me. So, yeah, a really, really solid opener uh, to the to the event. And uh, props to Radrick for getting the win. And then uh, we move from there on to uh, match number two, mate, which is uh, Lee Moriarty versus uh, the big Chris Dickinson. Yeah, and, he, uh, he keeps wow. getting bigger. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> Does indeed. Wow. Um, this this was this was great again. 
you know, Chris Dickinson is you know, on a, just one of a one of a kind, one of his own. He's, both in terms of his size, but also his style is just so kind of. Um, it mixes that mixed martial arts kind of style and that strong style to his persona perfectly. The intensity of him, and Lee Moriarty is another guy who, much like Cole Radrick, has always impressed me with every match I've seen him in, and especially this one. I think there were some great. Um, moments in this match, I really enjoyed when um, he did the um, standing, the low sort of uppercut, which they called the tiger style thought, uppercut. Yeah. That was great. The um, I, I loved as well. There was an arm ringer just before that where um, it looked well. Dickinson sold the arm ringer, which Lee Moriarty put onto him like it was killing him, like it really, really well thought out bit of psychology. Because that move sometimes gets a bit sort of. Um, you know, understated, but the way that he pulled that off, it made it look like it was a a real, you know, vicious sub- submission. And there was also a brilliant um, standing meteora from Lee Moriarty from a slide. So when he did the double knees into um, into Chris Dickinson's head, which I thought was great as well, it was full of a lot of interesting. It was very back and forth. It was two different people with two different styles going at it, and. I like the fact that as well the um that that Chris Dickinson also showed that he can do the high flying and the high risk maneuvers just as much as Lee because I was just about to say here as well that the top rope they called it Michinoku driver but I think it was a Falcon Arrow you know when they had Lee on the top and then he brought him down in the slam you know from the yeah. superflex into the slam yeah. which just you know completely kind of you know wowed me every time I see that maneuver it was wowed me but incredible yeah it was just excellent two guys two different styles again meshed perfectly crowd were really into it and Dickinson just is so versatile in what he can do he just doesn't ever seem to um he just meshes with everybody and Lee just again is a guy who's coming up through the ranks and can just again have the sky's the limit for him I, I think I think he's got so much potential what was uh, Dickinson's? What kind of variation of a leg lock does he use? Because I noticed that he obviously he finished it with a leg lock for yeah. submission, which caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting him to 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 finish with that in this match, given the intensity of the of some of the moves that he was pulling off. As you mentioned, the top ropes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I believe. It, I believe it was an Indian death lock, which was then turned into an ankle lock. I, I, yeah, I thought there I was would a, put it a, as that. A change within that. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a, there was a variation um, halfway through. That's what it felt like anyway, but yeah. I couldn't quite tell. But um, you're right. Chris, for me, um, this is his third match now in a row with that I've seen that I've been very impressed by. And props to Lee as well, and Mariotti. It was, it was a great match going into it. I thought that the... Com- as you said, two uh, differing styles, but worked together really well. Yeah. In terms of to put on a really solid show, um, worked smoothly together as well. But but the 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 reference Chris's previous oh, potential still love for games and gaming, and they obviously mentioned as you said there as well the Tiger uppercut, which the reference that was there. Borrowed from Sagat. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> Tiger uppercut. <laughs> uh, and you obviously re- mentioned a lot about the, you know, um, 
Tiger style and Wu-Tang and uh, yeah, so on, so on. But a really, really fun match in general. Um, I'm really interested to see more from both, but I'm looking forward. I think at the moment, I'm probably, I think Dickinson's in what my sort of selection of must watch need can't wait to see more of yeah um, and that's again no 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 disrespect to anybody else on the card or his opponents or anything like that but now that i've watched him three shows in a row he's really taken got got my attention yeah really got my attention so uh yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see and i think it's 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 surprising what he can do given his stature because you don't necessarily expect it yeah he um He's a yeah. big, wide, you know, muscular physique man. And you're not expecting some of the things he pulls off. And he's so varied with his style. Yeah. He, um, Impressive. Yeah, I mean, from, I've been watching Chris Dickinson for a long time. like, um, And I feel he has kind of finally found his uh, niche and his peak here in GCW. I think he's always kind of had that potential in him. But for some reason, he's just never really found it. But now he's in... Game Changer Wrestling, he seems to have found, maybe it's the ethos, maybe it's the crowd, maybe it's the style or the opponents, I don't know what it is, but yeah, he, he just, he's able to just completely feed off that, you know, energy, and he always brings something out which he um, surprises you with. I mean, even to finish this match, I mean, from the previous two matches we've seen with him, I didn't expect it to end with a submission finish, and what I loved about it as well, I will say one thing about this show, the actual direction of the cameras and where they placed them for the certain points in matches I thought was great. And especially this match, because you were right in the thick of it, right in front of... Um, right, You can see Lee Moriarty right in the foreground trying to get to the rope, but then he obviously couldn't get to it, so he had to tap out. And I thought that visual was really well done on camera. Yeah. And it really added into the, you know... Um, sort of importance of that particular move and, and Chris's versatility. So I thought it was, yeah, he's just a, he's just a complete, you know, again, a, a one-off. He's one of those guys who you could just, at the moment, put him in there with anybody and he'll just deliver the goods. I mean, we've seen him against Calvin Tankman. We've seen him here against Liam Moriarty. Um, he's just a guy against Mance Warner. He's just able to go in there with everybody and just wrestle so many styles. He's great. That's what is interesting, and that's what's fun about it. It's, it's not just like what he can produce, but it's about what he can produce against the opponents he's going yeah. against, and against how different his opponents have been. Brilliant stuff. Um, move from there into Blake Christian versus Andrew Everett. Now, <laughs> first time I've seen Andrew. It's my first experience of, of watching Andrew. Um, loved his whole package. What he was about, I really yeah. thoroughly enjoyed his whole crack. Seven foot five from the French Alps of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, and when the camera was on him at first, before he got in the ring, I was like, oh, is he a big dude? Is he all right? Cool, cool. He got into the ring and he was no taller than Blake Christian. <laughs> so it's obviously the ongoing fun joke that I was... Um, it's his um, singlet. His, his, we didn't see it because of his T-shirt, but he wears a singlet similar to Andre the Giant or he uh, started wearing a singlet. Um, hence why he's 7'5 from the uh, Swiss Alps. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. It's amazing stuff. Um, uh, really, really intrigued in watching Blair Christian this one as well because yeah. um, mainly more than anything else is that I'm hoping that he can pull us back um, last last time we watched him he um, 
he, you know, again, no disrespect whatsoever, but he put on a match. It was generally very decent in parts, but you could tell that both he and his opponent were pretty frustrated because they just weren't clicking at times. And there was a, a few slight mishaps in that previous match. So I think we said at the time as well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do next time against yeah. different opponents to see um, what the situation is. And, and I think from the start, you could tell that it just gelled and it was going to gel a lot better yeah. in this particular match. Um, Blake's also been away over in Japan as well, I believe, recently. Um, yeah. I heard there. But either way, both start very, very strong. Christian got the sort of the first part of, a, of the up, up, upper hand of the match, uh, for choice of a better words. The mm-hmm. standing frog splash, lots of high kicks, Knocked Andrew at the outside, and then he hits a big sort of rotate and top rope dive. I can't remember. I can never remember what you call it. It's like a one eighty. Is that a Frostbury? Isn't it? Was it a Frostbury that he? It was a Frostbury. Yes, I think it was a Frostbury. Yeah. Then he obviously landed that into was like, like an inverted. I can never remember either what you call. It was obviously like a like a death drop, drop face yeah, lock drop. Like sting, sting uh, scorpion death drop, whatever you call it. Stings move. Wasn't it? I think it's scorpion Indeed. death drop. Is it? Yeah, That's something right. like that. Yeah. But he had the elbow in there as well. Yeah. As a sort of. And I'm not sure if that's got a particular. I, I, I never remember what that word, that particular move's got. <laughs> it's always really fun. I always like it. I think it's got more impact than a standard death drop, if you like. Yeah. It's it's like that added extra of almost like a forced elbow. I remember he did that in the previous match as well, and it looked it looked really really good. And I think I think it's a fantastic move, personally. Yeah. Um, Andrew also hit a springboard uh, top rope spin kick, like, and that was the point where it reminded me of like. Shades of RVD to an extent, yeah. extent there. Well, um, started seeing not just the sort of visual of his appearance, but the way he was conducting moves as well, and looking and uh, the kind of moves he was hitting, the martial arts kicks that he was using specifically. Um, v- definitely a bit of an influence of RVD there, at least from my perspective as a viewer. Looked really, really good, um, and also established his heel-like tendencies with feigning that big chop into an eye poke. (laughs) (laughs) That was lush. Uh, Followed by a massive lariat. Really, really good. I think the two of them worked really, really well together. I think that that chalk slam to a standard moonsault as well. um, Was it to a sort of like a a straight leg touch-toe moonsault off the top rope? (laughs) What was that about? I've never seen that type of moonsault before ever. It was like Almost like a sort of gymnast dismount where they have to keep the legs straight during a during a backflip, yeah. you know, before they land. It was that kind of thing, but moonsault <laughs> based. It looked mint either way. Yeah. Um, and then Christian managed to hit that package brainbuster for the win. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just. Yeah, I thought this match was. Um, it definitely redeemed, you know. What any any slight mistakes from Chris from yeah. Blake's previous previous outing, and even then we were picking picking up faults. You know what yeah. I mean? It was it was still a solid match in that last outing yeah. we had, but this the two seemed to gel really well, and I was really really pleased because I think these two in particular, from what I've seen from them, that could be a really fun battle that they could have going on here, especially yeah. if it's presented as the face and ever it's presented as the prick heel, there could be a lot of fun <laughs> to be had with these two. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought this was the the cool thing is is that um, again Andrew Everett's one of those guys I've seen kind of grow in the industry, and a lot of Brett Blake Christian. Uh, I see Andrew Everett in 
uh, sorry, Blake Christian, I can see Andrew Everett in him. They're very, very similar in terms of how they wrestle. And you could see the, again, like you said, that the meshing was there straight from the get-go. And that beautiful at the beginning, that Mexican head scissors, which then led into the, you know, the handspring, um, you know, movements and running dives. And it was just such a really, again, it was one of those innovative matches in the sense that you got a lot of unique um not just high flying manoeuvres, but ways they moved around the ring. And like when Andrew Everett got spiked and then he landed on his head and he stayed on his head and stuff like that. Like there was yeah. just little little things what just added into this which, you know, really made it special. And the crowd obviously were chanting G C W, which was great when Everett hit his moonsault, which is one of the best moonsaults. And he was asked to come back as well. He said they said please come back, which I thought was a really nice compliment to them. Or to him, um, and it, it just really um, Andrew Everett's one of those guys who can just again, he's much like Chris Dickinson, he can wrestle anybody. I mean, I've seen it, like I said, I've seen him wrestle a lot of people, and he just got the most out of Blake. And Blake really did, he didn't have a bad match against Trey, um, Trey Lamar, but it really did look like he was frustrated. And I'm really pleased that this match was just a, it looked like it was a night off in a way, they just meshed so perfectly, yeah, and the yeah. um. Just, I just about to say that the Canadian destroyer into the, you know, the the brainbuster, like the package brainbuster, as you said, was just such a great visual finish. You know, it just kind of, again, gave Blake a bit more credibility than just doing some kind of a, um, a, you know, like a flippy move you might think or something. He's got a lot more depth to him than I think people realise. And like you said, with the Fosbury flop into the Scorpion death drop and things, it just onto the boardwalk. Uh, you know planks as well not onto yeah, any mats yeah. as they said on commentary <laughs> so it was, it was definitely yeah it was it was amazing some of the stuff what they did in this match very um, and they went for it you know there was no sort of uh, timeouts at all it must have been about 15 minutes I think if not more and they were going at it and yeah really really again another match I really really enjoyed this one um, and it's definitely safe for people to seek it out absolutely absolutely indeed and from there, we changed tact altogether. Um, I'll hand it <laughs> over to you for the, uh, the the death match of the evening, as if oh. we haven't had enough this weekend already. Oh, <laughs> we need another one. We um, do. It's not the um. only one, but we'll, we'll crack on with this one. It's Lucky 13 with these uh, newly acquired valet from the local strip club, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey. Kelsey <laughs> versus uh, Mr. AJ Gray. Oh, this thing was... Yeah, this was exciting, but it, it got more gory and more vicious as it went on. And it's I think what it lulled you into sort of a false sense of security at the start because they went out and they had the crowd sort of brawling and then they had the bit at the bar where they were taking shots. And somehow Kelsey Slick came along and slapped Lucky 13 right into the camera, but no one mentioned this. So whether he spilled, whether he spat the drink all over, I have no idea, but she disappeared after that. <laughs> so I don't know what that was about. Um, I know. Yeah, I couldn't quite work that one no. out. So <laughs> moved bizarre. on quickly from it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but you're right. I, I will be. I'll just inter- interrupt there and just say you're completely right. It did sort of suck you into a false sense of security because, as you said, it got a bit more brutal as time went on. Yeah. The, the, the this is more kind of when I was talking about deathmatch. The, the kind of stuff the night before. This is the kind of, uh, tournament of survival five. This is the kind of stuff what you'd be seeing. And I mean, we've seen deathmatches already in GCW. We've seen light shoes. We've seen barbed wire and all that. But 
the actual, I, th- I think for me, there was so much sort of, um, well, I used the word earlier on, recklessness. There was a lot of recklessness in this match and there's no way you can do certain things safely with the stuff what was in the ring. Like the um, the lariat into the glass was, and the blood what Lucky 13 was, you know, bleeding out and it, it gave me shades of, there was a show in GCW's history called um, LA Confidential, which was quite famous because um, it was David Arquette against Nick Gage um, and David Arquette, um, actually had his uh, an artery in his neck was cut by one of the uh, light tubes quite yeah. viciously and this was very similar in that Lucky 13 did look like he'd cut his cut his neck quite severely um, thankfully he hadn't, took, thank god but it, it did get quite scary in the amount of blood, much like Zach- Zachary Wentz, um, that kind of amount of blood, the Power slam into the into the door and the glass was nasty. The um, the the power bomb, the awesome bomb into the barbed wire door from that was insane. That was like I, I that that's kind of a. I mean, the leg drop into the barbed wire chair was one thing. Like that's kind of comedic, but then you think, well, it, it, you know. But then this was another level of vicious. You know, there, like was was sev- there was several particular um, high, um, high-end, powerful moves, if you like, that involved yeah. weaponry. Like, uh, look, he hit that crossbody off the ropes onto AJ, who was holding the bunch of light tubes at the time. Yeah, that's kind of where it started for me. And then there was the uh, the double stomp, quite a powerful double stomp as well, under the tubes. Yeah, uh, from looking at AJ. Um, you mentioned the AJ hitting that power bomb through the barbed wire door. AJ also hitting that pump handle as well into the oh, barbed wire. Yeah. Um, there's a suplex through from the from the top through the <laughs> from the top rope through a table at one point yeah. as well. I mean, like there was, I mean, there was a lot of of really sort of um, hard, powerful maneuvers that had a weapon attached. Yeah. And whether it's glass or barbed wire or a table, regardless, it there was a lot of them. It wasn't like just one for the spectacle. There was yeah. se- several big moves. Yeah, um, it was. I, 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 it pains to say that I didn't. I, I do. It's bizarre, but I did enjoy this. But yeah, at the same time, I did grimace at the. It's more so the blood with Lucky Thirteen. It's more when you see someone leaving the ring and they're literally covered in blood from the yeah. whole of the torso, and you think, Nah, this is. Jesus, this is too much. Like you know, it, it it's um very. This is very nasty. This is nasty kind of deathmatch stuff. Like it's an acquired taste, isn't it? It's next yeah, level deathmatch. This is probably the most brutal deathmatch we've seen probably so far in terms of those kind of maneuvers. We could maybe put Zachary Wentz and Alex Cologne in that category, but I think this kind of tops it just in terms of the amount of sort of reckless manoeuvres but it was still enjoyable and it was still it was great props to both men as well to be I mean like to Lucky 13 for him to be walking after some of the stuff what he took like fair play to him because that I was still amazed by that awesome but I mean the awesome bomb's crazy enough as it is but into that bad wire door like that was next level stuff (laughs) it was a a win for AJ so um, Mm. we'll see I suppose next time what Kelsey's part to play in all this is whether it was a one-off appearance we don't really know so we'll see next time round if 
she's going to continue to be a valet if there was a way to introduce it to the camera. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, moving on to match number five, we had the team of Injustice. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jordan Oliver and Byron Reed versus, I mean, <laughs> versus Shane Mercer and KTB. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a monster tag team. Oh, my God. Um, and it starts off as you'd expect, and both teams play the part that you expect them to play as well, which is why this match really, really worked for me. Yeah. I think this is up there, arguably, as one of my matches of the night, I think. Yeah. I think. Um, both sets, both teams put on a, a cracking performance, I'll say that from the off. And as I said, they both, what going to this, the, the kind of teams that you, that you know that they are, they performed as such in this match at a really top-end calibre, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, starting at the very beginning there, Reed uh, flies over the top rope, gets caught by both Shane and KTB <laughs> simultaneously yeah. for Oliver to quickly follow him over the top onto all three. I mean, that straight away shows you, like, it tells you everything about their characters. Yeah. One guy can't even wait before jumping over the top ropes to try and, you know, like suicide <laughs> plancher over the top. To be caught by the sheer strength and power, if you know, if you if you get like you know, yeah, um, the sheer sort of hoarseness <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Shane and KTB, they catch him without even thinking about it, and then Oliver follows suit because he can't help himself either. He wants to go, yeah. and it's just just great. It just it just set the scene straight away for what to expect from these teams. Um, I really enjoyed that. Oh, one one of the, my favorite. Part, just a very quick throwaway kind of section that happened was when Mercer had read up for the Gorilla Press Slam and then <laughs> he decided to turn that and transform and transition that into a one-handed um, Gorilla Press stationary hold whilst yeah. he was like Oliver yeah. with his free arm brilliant stuff and then chucked <laughs> chucked Reed into the corner like a bloody bag of nothing you know just get over there Scarer. just oh it was incredible um just generally a lot of really good combos and tags throughout yeah. this, like tag team throughout this match um ktb and mercer at times some of their um moves that they try to do together are maybe slightly convoluted if, if i'm going to pick a fault if i'm going to pick any kind of fault with this match because as i said i think it's probably my favorite of the night um some of the moves that they're trying to do, like some of the double team moves were a little bit maybe OTT and looked a little bit sloppy yeah. because of that. Like, But then when they did work, they looked absolutely bloody class. So, yeah, you take the rough with the smooth, basically. Yeah. Um, some absolutely fantastic stuff. Lots of double high flying to the outside, as you'd expect, um, especially with that, that double maneuver that put both Mercer and KTB kind of through the tables. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that whole Oliver catching his partner and then throws him at KTB. Yeah. Uh, to then hit the diamond cutter as a result of that. That was that was lush. That was a really fun little move. Uh, Oliver um, as well hits that um, like sort of brain buster on KTB. Um, oh, there was just loads of like nice little. So not not everything was an over the top. What's that kind of move about? No. Some people just like things such as just brain busters, but really nicely done and looked really really effective. Um, what was that? KTB and Mercer, obviously, for the win at the end. They're hitting that double in stereo, as uh, the commentators yeah. quite aptly put it. 
sort of moon salt body slams. Have I got a particular move name for no, that move? On on commentary, I think they call it a moon salt battery. So we'll go with moon right. salt battery. That's what moon I'll go with. Fair yeah. Play. Um, looked really, really good simultaneously, you know. So, if if you know anybody listening, it's um, imagine holding your holding your um, your opponent in body slam style position on the top rope, and then doing a moon salt while still keeping them in body slam um, <laughs> <laughs> position, but simultaneous whilst your partner is doing exactly the same yeah. move on the other top rope. Just um, yeah, look look shit hot. Just just cracking way to finish. Uh, the match and I just thought overall both teams put a hell of a lot of hard work and effort into this match Yeah, and it showed and I think it really paired off I thought that the slightly differing styles worked a treat with each other um, they both give what you'd expect them to nobody went too overboard with what they were doing but but enough to still wow you Yeah, um, and I th- that's what kept the match flowing nicely personally Yeah, um, there wasn't far too many aerial assault moves for the sake of it there wasn't far too many table and chair spots and things there was just the right amount to make it feel good and flow really yeah. nicely um so yeah i, I think uh, props to both of them probably I'd, I'd i guess i'd say as we go through i think this was arguably my favorite match of the night yeah it was for me too um i thought this was absolutely amazing this match i thought um John Oliver hulking up near the end was great. The crowd was oh, so behind him. Oh, I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, so I thought it was so good, and and I've kind of, I'm, I've liked John Oliver, but I've kind of found him a bit of a Jack Evans kind of esque, you know, second rate. It's horrible for me to say, but that's all I can see. But now this match really impressed me with what versatility again he's got on Myron Reed. Maybe because he was with Myron Reed, so they were able to work together. It showed so much more of what he can do. And I just need to mention as well that um, that cutter, what Myron Reed tried to hit on to KTB, I believe, and then he was through Well, he, he jumped over the top rope. He tried to hit the cutter from the apron to the floor, but he was caught. Yeah. And then it was turned in. He was thrown to Shane Mercer from back. He tried to go for the head scissors, and then he was slammed by KTB into the powerbomb on the apron. I thought that whole little sequence was just fantastic and then when Jordan Oliver jumped over the top rope and then he was thrown into a lamppost by um by Shane Mercer <laughs> by and I was surprised they did get up from that thing because that looked absolutely devastating um so many there was just so much um great tag team uh wrestling in this thing like they, they, like you said both teams played their parts perfectly both teams meshed really well yeah, I will agree that KTB and Shane Mercer did at points. Things didn't go according to plan a little bit, but you know, it, it was made up for the you know the the excitement what they both got from one another, and I think the actual sort of um, excitement that the two clashes of styles brought out in my you know you know I think this was one of those matches where I didn't really know what to expect because it, it kind of they're so. Um, different in a way you don't know what you really I didn't know if it was going to be some more hardcore based or high flying or what but it kind of was the the big bullies against the young high flying um, you know uh, sort of cocky youngsters and it just worked brilliantly and just the way they meshed was just a, a brilliant match and and the ending of the stereo moonsaults battery was a great finish to it because 
often more more often than not sorry you will have people try and do stereo maneuvers in tag team matches and it'll be slightly off and if you're artistic like a little bit i am where you're like oh they could have hit it even better but then like it just was perfect where it was where it was just bang on both at the same time on the apron and both went for the three i thought it was great if you're going to do things in stereo, it has to be spot on. There's yeah. nothing. I, I'm I'm a big, for example, I'm a, I used to love, and I'm a big fan of the Eliminators and ECW, Cronus yeah. and Saturn. And when they went for Total Elimination, there was a number of times when Cronus uh, was a bit late with his high kick, his high sort of, you know, his, his um, spin kick, if you like. Yeah. Whereas Saturn went for the low kick and the, the low sweep kick, and Cronus went for the high kick, and there was, a, there was a number of times when Cronus, for example, is ever so slightly late. So there's no connection at all because the opponent's already fallen yeah. down from Saturn's thing. And it always looked shit and really annoyed me, <laughs> especially when it, it's such a bloody mint move when done, when done, when it works, when it looks good. Um, so, yeah, if you do things where you need to rely on stereo or things to happen at the, at the exact right time for it to look right, then it's a gamble that you've got to take sometimes. And this was just perfect. Yeah. It was really perfect. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, as we both said there, probably, I think it's fair to say, match of the night so far. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And that leads us in nicely to match number six of the night, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy Lloyd versus Elena Black. Now, considering it's Jimmy Lloyd's night, it's named after him. Are you surprised that he's not on a main event here, or is this just typical of what you'd expect with a, with good old Jimmy here? And that's no disrespect to the match because it's my first time seeing Elena as well. Uh-huh. And I will say, highly impressed in this match. I thought it was really fun to watch, and both people went bloody for it. Yeah. Um, it was almost like sort of a, a tip of the cap to a death match <laughs> to an yeah. extent. Um, but yeah, are you surprised to see Jimmy not in a main event match, considering it's his night? It kind of goes part and parcel, really. I mean, GCW run a lot of shows named after particular performers, and sometimes they're in the the main event. Other times they're a few, you know, sort of semi-main event. So, it, and especially considering the main event of this show, it, it did make sense that Jimmy might not necessarily have the main event spot, but it, you know, it was his, you know, his night, as you said. Um, but it's yeah, a it's kind of story by the way. Sorry, I was just going to ask. There was a bit of a back. Is there any kind of backstory to why it's Jimmy, Jimmy Lloyd's uh, Jersey Shore? Why they've gone with that? Is there any kind of build up to why it is this? I don't know the answer to that question. Actually, I think from what I know of, there's a sort of well, like this. I'm, this might be something I research into, but from my knowledge of this part of the company, a lot of what well, started with kind of Joy Janela's Spring Break, and then from there, other and, and Nick Gage's uh, tournament of it was originally Nick Gage's Tournament of Survival, so naming the shows after particular um, talents, whether they have input into the booking or input into the sort of talent and stars who come in. So it could be to do with that, or maybe the yeah. it was taking place in New Jersey, so Jimmy yeah. Lloyd is of, you know, Jersey Shore. Um, so it, could, it is something I will look into more, though, because it is something that has intrigued me for a long time. Um, you know, hence... We had Matt Riddle's blood sport, and then we had Josh Barnett's blood sport. You know, so it's kind of like the same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I would say. But I will look into that a bit further because that's a question I do not know the full answer to. It's good <laughs> crack, though. Either way, good crack, though. Either way, it I'll is. let you lead this, Steve, because what I thought this was great fun. 
Yeah, this was this was really really good. I need to give, as you said, props to both of them, but especially Eliana Black for you know the stuff that she she went she took some punishment in this thing. You know, unprotected chair shots to the head now are very sort of cringeworthy no nos, and there was a few of those in this match, which you know made me sort of wince. Um, the uh, the DDT into the glass shards, what came out of the little coffin, oh. crazy. The barbed wire, which uh, Jimmy was thrown into, where he got his hair caught in it, that was nasty. Yeah. Um, the package pile driver into the glass, like that's a crazy enough move as it is, but then into the glass was insane. Um, for some reason, you know, we had the elbow drop from the ladder into the door, which was insane as well. You know, it was it was. And they kept mentioning that Jimmy Lloyd has 18 minutes of a match and then the 23 hours of the day are taken up with vaping <laughs> after he got his um, after he got his lip caught, <laughs> after he got his lip cut, which I thought was funny. Um, and then just the, the ending of the, of all things, a flaming knee. Now, uh, someone's knee being set on fire and then being used to finish someone off is definitely a way to finish off your opponent, which, you know, is straight out of you know, death matches in Japan or the like. So yeah. it was definitely an ending, which, you know, I'm just, thank God that it didn't connect it didn't with Eliana's uh, <laughs> hair. Cause I think we yeah. would have needed, um, you know, the water to come out again and stuff. So it was, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was, um, sort of dangerous. But again, if you want to see a match where it involves toughness for much like Kylie Ray and Cole Radrick, where you want to see, two people going at it regardless of the gender and can show that they can go this was it and props to both of them but especially Eliana Black for you know being in there with, with Jimmy Lloyd who's an established name in this kind of style of match and he went for it as well like it's not like he was yeah. just here it's not like you know he was like holding back as such um, yes thankfully he didn't fully kneel with a flaming knee <laughs> into the face as you said there um, but even from the get go like Jimmy caught caught it from the uh, the, the hurricane runner attempt in it with power bomb yeah and then you hit a tilt a wheel backbreaker then a running bulldog power slam into a table <laughs> he, <laughs> he threw it to the walls like he went for it um as you mentioned before there she drop kicked him through barbed wire door um and then when she opened that little mini tiny coffin and poured glass shards over the canvas you knew you knew shit was on <laughs> it was real yeah. all of a sudden the ddt as you mentioned uh under the glass, cuts his lips. Jimmy hits the power bomb on the glass, and then a package power driver, and then a pump handle power bomb <laughs> kind of thing. Into the, whatever it was, there was just a series of high, high, you know, um, powerful moves basically. And she was kicking out, and until he hit the flame and knee. Um, but then it didn't end there, did it? No. <laughs> no. Uh... Our old friends, uh, 440, aka 4Ohio, came out um, and attacked both Jimmy and uh, Eliana Black. And then um, we got a promo from uh, Ricky Shane Page, who looked to have had his haircut as well, who, who got a haircut. <laughs> and it was lots of uh, shut the, uh, the F up chants from the crowd. There was no garbage thrown, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but it was very much... I'm the best wrestler, you know, taunting Nick Gage not being at the show, basically. I'm the best wrestler. I'm the king of the death matches. I'm the, you know, the king, basically. And it didn't go as well as he planned the night before at Tournament of Survival 5. Um, 
But it was, it was good. You know, it was a good promo, and I will say that you don't realise, and I always forget just how big Ricky Shane Page actually is in yeah. terms of stature. He's a big man. He's a, you know, he's a big dude, um, and he towers over the rest of far, uh, far Ohio. You know, far, 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 far Ohio. It was a really good little segment into them coming in and just you know um sort of running roughshod as they came you know as they seem to be doing each show you know um establishing ricky as just the you know bastard heel what he is in the company um great stuff yeah. well one thing that i noticed from this that uh you know it's the most animated i've seen ricky yeah in, since what i've seen him so far because he went to town on his own crew like he, uh-huh. he, he was tearing them new assholes he he was like <laughs> lock it he said lock it up lock it up several times Basically, sort your acts out. You let yourselves down. You let me down, um, and tell them to sort sort things out, or else you know, we'll we'll see what happened. But yeah. the reality is that it's the most I've never seen them like that yet, and it was quite an interesting take. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is a bit different. Rather than just coming in, slapping people around, looking smug, and saying, "See, I'm cool. I'm the best." <laughs> it was. He came in and he looked fragile. He looked a bit fragile. It looked like his armor had been dented. Yeah. Um, and he was blaming his own crew for that, who were kind of like, "Yeah, fair enough. Our bad. Won't do it again." Um, but just an interesting way, an interesting sort of way of him doing things. A bit different than what you'd expect, really. Yeah. But it was good. And then that leads us on to match seven of the night, which was a. Uh, Pinky Sanchez, or Sanchez, <laughs> as he apparently <laughs> wants to be known, versus Effie. Um, we saw a free Manswana sign, and the first thing I was going to ask you is, what do we know? What do we know about this? What's happened? Has he been locked up? What's, I, what's going on? I, no, I know nothing about this, Mark. I don't know what this was referring to. I need to look into this further as well, much like, kind of, much like Kevin and... Uh, the uh, other, uh, well, Ali Cat as well on commentary. Um, yeah. Just, I, I, I do not know what this was to do with. Um, again, I need to, you know, look into this further to find out. But yeah, um, yeah. it was a great sign. It was though. a sharehold, it was wasn't it? They kept saying it was a sh- some kind of sharehold. Yeah, you bought some kind of property or something, <laughs> and you wanted to get out of it. So that was a, a good save. But yeah, uh, free man's one. It'll be interesting to see what that's all about, and if that leads to anything, if it's an angle or if it's just a nonsense, or if there's more to it than meets the eye. <laughs> but um, it was um, it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed. It was just a fun comedy match. Yeah, great I enjoyed this. So what you expect from Effie, and he was working with somebody who can play with. Uh, I'm going to be careful what I say here. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. can play with Effie, um, but can bounce off that whole shtick, that can bounce off yeah. that, that, that the humour elements of his matches. Um, and it was really good fun. Like, Effie asked Sanchez at one point to choke him harder. Yeah. <laughs> he, he took his hands and gripped them firmly further around his throat than they already were. <laughs> Getting his <laughs> kicks out of it. Then he had a kiss-off. Yeah. After, as you'd expect people who are chopping each other, who's got the hardest chop kind of thing. They had a kiss off on the ring apron until Effie gave him a massive lariat. Um It's a chance of kiss forever from the crowd who kiss, were, forever, uh, yeah. kiss forever. We had we had the, the typical really humorous comedy spot that always looks terrible no matter who does it. Uh when Sanchez brings a chair into the ring, hits a top rope and then bounces back into his face. Yeah. Shades of um when Adrian Adonis was against, uh, was it Piper? Um, and then Beefcake came down to shave his hair at Mania, and Adonis got a hold of the of the um, 
of Brutus's she of uh, his, of his shears and hit the top ropes with them as he's chasing, but then bouncing back into his face. But the timing has to be perfect with that, or else it just looks terrible. <laughs> it's like bounce off the top rope, but then oh, and then into the face. It wasn't. <laughs> it never looks good. It never looks good. And Sanchez nailed that exact theory here as well. <laughs> but it's, it's a comedy match. It's all sweet. Um, I will say. He hit an absolutely lovely Spanish fly into he the chest as well. It was absolutely lush. Um, really enjoyed the spot where he ripped Effie's fishnets, which really pissed Effie off. You stupid <laughs> mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was excellent. Uh, chopped the shit out of him a bit and before thrusting his penis into his head as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, brilliant. Sanchez did attempt that running powerbomb to. You know, a powerbomb Effie into the into the door in the corner. Yeah. Kind of missed. I think he just lost a bit of steam there and didn't quite reach the door. But it was still a devastating, you know, devastating yeah. powerbomb, um, which obviously finished Effie up for the pin. Um, before putting himself through the door in true <sighs> Sabu style. And then I think he bit the referee. Yes, he did. This was... <laughs> This broke things up nicely. This match, it, it was ex- it was meant for this, wasn't it? You know, it was it was yeah. built for let's break some things up a bit. Let's just change the tempo ever ever so slightly. Let's have an Effie match, <laughs> and it's they're always great fun. They're always just good value for money. Always very humorous, always silly, but at the same time, there's always lots of viciousness and lots of hard hitting attacks. And this, it's not all just pure silly comedy. Yeah. There's, it's that fine line between when beauty meets viciousness, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. that, uh, that package deal. Yeah. And I think Pinky was a, was a really interesting opponent for Effie in this because there was that similar kind of, I think it was the leopard skin tights, to be honest with you. I think it was the, um, <laughs> the, the kind of, it, it, they looked like they could actually be a really interesting tag team, if I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. They could they could bounce each other really well with some really fun comedy shit, but it was a really fun match, really fun match for what it was. Yeah, um, it was great. I'm a massive fan of Pinky Sanchez. Have been for a long time. Um, I'm pleased that he's getting more of a chance in Game Changer Wrestling because I've just I've always found him really funny and I've always loved his work. Effie's just one of a kind. He's he's a brilliant breath of fresh air in wrestling. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, he's brilliant at what he does, but he can also wrestle a brilliant. You know, style. He's he's awesome. Uh, one thing I did love with Effie was when he was, um, I think he was getting up off the canvas, and um, he said about being cut by the glass because you're not sweeping up properly because yeah. there's still some shards of glass right into the camera. What I found, I just couldn't stop laughing at that. Exactly. He's just so funny, um, and yeah, it was great as well because you got to see a lot of um comedy but you also got to see a lot of hard hard hitting wrestling you know you got a beautiful shining wizard from pink sanchez you got the spanish fly from him you got the lariat from fa it was a really well thought out little like you said breath of fresh air match after everything we'd seen and the finish as well with the running power bomb i thought it looked more vicious on the canvas than where it would have done through the door because although the visual of the door would have been a lot more striking i think when he actually hit the canvas it did look like it you know, hurt like hell to be fair after being yeah. run across that long. I um, think that's possibly part and parcel of, um, you know, the idea is you're preparing yourself to 
put somebody through the door so you're yeah. running towards it. And then if you're running out of momentum, it's not necessarily, you know, you the impact of the move maybe isn't as cushioned as it would normally be or isn't necessarily yeah. as safe as it would normally be because it's a bit more unexpected and it's not meant to happen that way around. And part of me wonders if Effie was a bit pissed off or a bit hurt by it because he kind of rolled out and quickly disappeared. He didn't stick around and have any crack or any aftermath. You'd expect no. Effie too, you know, given his character. He he rolled out and he was out of there. So it made me wonder, ooh, I hope, hope he's all right and I hope he's not too um, hurt by that. Um, but Look, it is what it is. These things happen in the rest of the matches, but it was it was a good fun match. It was yeah, a solid match overall. I agree. And this leads us into our final match of the night, the main event. Um, <laughs> these two guys on paper, I was very excited to see Mr. Alex Zane and Mr. Joy Janella, because you know you're going to get a bloody good outing. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, last time we were here, Joey Janela climbed up to the top of a pillar <laughs> and nearly killed himself <laughs> and jumped off the so I was wondering right it's the main event we're in the same venue or outside at the same venue the same pillars are there what is going to go down in this match and there was some some interesting shit to say the very least it was a it was a very very entertaining match. Yeah. It, um, it was a ton of fun. You know, I, I think they were great opponents one another, actually. Um, I, I, it was one of those matches where I didn't really... Again, I think what's fun about GCW is you never really know what to expect with it. And this was another one of those matches where I didn't know what to expect in any shape or form from this thing. The way it started with the lovely wrestling, you know, the roll-throughs and the head scissors and... You know, there was a lot of topes and then, you know, you then came into the more sort of hardcore stuff. So we had a brilliant Van Dominator, sorry, Van Dominator rest kick from um, from Alex Zane onto Joey Janela, which was brilliant. We got, um, for some reason, there was a mention of Marty Janetta from Joey Janela, which I made no of, but they, yeah, that, um, yeah, that kind of was quickly, you know, um, sort of snubbed <laughs> by even Kevin yeah. Gill, who is one of those commentators who will laugh at anything. Was like, no, we'll move on from that. We're not mentioning that one. Um, the commentators were on form tonight. I must say, they were, they were brilliant as well. And even the, the I, I didn't catch who the the ring announcer was because it's different from who we've had on previous shows. Yeah, um, I, I I know the gentleman because he was wearing a sparky plug T-shirt, wasn't he? If you noticed, he was, and he was. an old school WWF crew cap as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name actually, which is annoying. Um, but the commentators of Kevin Gill and Emilio Sparks, and then Ali Cat later on were great. Kevin Gill's always great. He's just so off the cuff. He's so much fun to listen to. Um, I can't remember which one it was who said it, but one of them came up with a beauty at one point in this. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. While no, that's no, fine. No. But when, when, the one line of "This is better than Thunderdome." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was class. That was Kevin Gill. <laughs> That really that tickled me that day. <laughs> um, that way, yeah, I agree. I agree because then Joey well, Janela later on said, "This is better than SummerSlam." <laughs> out on the outside, um, there was a brilliant, crazy running flip from Alex Zane right onto the into the crowd from uh, about halfway across the the boardwalk, which looked fantastic. Well, two like, rows of chairs. Yeah, yeah, insane. Um, Sprinted as well. Yeah, he, like he went for it. He he's 
it's phenomenal. The stuff it can do is just unbelievable. You know, we got the um, running uh, Death Valley driver into the door, which led to a two count as well, which was crazy. Um, but the door didn't break, so Joey was getting angry because the door didn't break. And then we got a, you know, um, the the bladder did. Sorry, the the table or the door. Sorry, did finally break, but it you know looked pretty vicious from you know what had happened and. Um, we actually got as well an awesome looking jumping head scissors from Alex Zane onto Joey Janela. So, you know, when he was on the top rope with Joey and then Alex came along and he did the, he ran, but then he jumped and he landed the head scissors from there down. He didn't kind of um, touch him on the top rope or anything, which was always an awesome visual. We somehow as well got a giant ladder into the ring and then we had that crazy spot which we've often seen again with an unprotected chair shot through the ladder to the outside which Joey Janela landed onto the back of Alex Zane which looked like it hurt like a mother bitch <laughs> and the crowd yep. were going nuts you know and that, that was that was scary um, that, that kind of was you know mad um, because that spot as well, like, there's no way to protect yourself from that. Because the thing is, is what I find crazy is that, you know, if you hit someone in the head, you've hit them in the head. But if you hit them in the back, then they're going to land on the head. You know, so it's like there's yeah. no way to protect yourself. I know. Um, so there was a lot of hardcore stuff in this thing. There was a lot of, you know, crazy stuff. And then we got a taco driver from Alex Zane, which I thought was going to be the win, but it wasn't. That ended up with a two. And then Joey Janela hit a beautiful double rotate so George Nell to start with sorry hit a moonsault off the ladder but then he after that for the win hit a double rotation moonsault which kind of landed into a double stomp for the victory on Alex Zane and yeah. it was a brilliant visual it was a brilliant ending um this was very much a hardcore brawl really more than anything but it had a lot of innovative wrestling involved in it as well a lot of crazy dives a lot of crazy flips joey just is able to get so much from the fans alex is the same the, the fans just love them both and it was a really strong ending after you know a great show the only thing what hurt this match was that at times it did look a little bit it was getting a little bit dark so we did miss a couple of well the lighting was a little bit um off but yeah. again, you can't help that if you're outside. It's just one of those things. But I thought this was brilliant and ending to the show. Thankfully, we didn't get Joey as well climbing on top of a, a concrete pillar and then, <laughs> you know, almost killing himself in the process this time. Thank God. Um, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. Really. It fun. was indeed. I think. I think what it shows you as well. Well, specifically me being again newish to the company. Three matches in now. Three uh, events in now. Um, is that whilst we obviously appreciate and know that Joey's kind of up there and Ricky to another extent as well are up there as your kind of your two kind of main event positions, if you like, I think that's the best way to describe yeah. it. Your two key characters. Um, that there isn't a ridiculous pecking order as to who moves up towards me. They're quite happy, you know, to, to have different wrestlers moving up to that position to face off against them in that main event. For example, you know, with Alex, he was involved in the, I'm sure at least one of, one of the previous events was the multi-man scramble. Yeah. Um, so it's not like he's always been second main event. And then all of a sudden he's main event. It's everybody can have an opportunity, which is what keeps this fresh and exciting. 
um, which is really good fun. And I think you hit the nail on the head yourself there when you said about with Joey's style of matches being like hardcore brawls with very interesting moves and sort of takes on moves and, and what they try and do. It's like for mainstream fans or, or whatever you want to call it, it's like the best kind of quality of Falls Count Anywhere matches. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Falls Count Anywhere matches, but then you're using the idea of um, really uh, innovative moves using the apparatus and the, and the venue around you to do that with and really high pace and good quality and high fun and full of action, then that's pretty much what I've come to expect from Joey Janela matches in GCW over the last three events that I've seen from him. <laughs> so that's kind of what I assume it's going to be like every, each and every time, especially at least on the boardwalk, because yeah. how can you not? Um, <laughs> but really, really good fun, right? Solid, solid main event. Generally a pretty solid card throughout. There's nothing... Yeah which I thought was poor, um, shock horror, you know, nothing to poo-pooed on during this at all. Um, I think, I think personally, um, I preferred not having a multi-man scramble. Um, whilst I, I, I believe that those kind of matches do have the place, I preferred having just generic standard matches. Yeah that I could soak up what was going on a bit better without it being too many people trying to get stuff in yeah. to, to do stuff. I've never been that really into multi-mans. So when there wasn't one in this event, I was quite relieved, if I'm honest. It made it yeah. easier to kind of focus and watch what was going on. It did obviously mean less people were, were, were showcasing the stuff, though, um, which I appreciate. Interesting to see that Tankman wasn't on this card. I thought he possibly would be from his last two previous outings and how much he stood out. Um, but at the same time, pretty tricky to squeeze him in, I suppose, as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a solid card. There wasn't really anybody who didn't deserve the slot on here. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised. You know, easily you could say Ricky didn't have a, a match. Now that would be an interesting match going forward. Ricky and Tankman. That could yes. be a really interesting match to to behold. <laughs> um, but maybe another time. But yeah, you can't have everybody on all the time. That's again what keeps us fresh as well. If everybody's getting yeah. used all the time and shoehorning everybody in, like in multi mans, it loses its kind of edge a bit. So for me, I'm quite happy with the idea that they have the events, you know, two to three, three to four weeks apart, and then lots of different people get lots of different sort of shouts and lots of different opportunities. But really good to see, good fun. I enjoyed it throughout. What was your match of the night, man? Definitely the tag match between KTB. Uh... Shane Mercer and um, Myron Reed and J- Jordan Oliver. I thought that thing was. I think because as well, it's the first real tag match we've seen in GCW. What we've been reviewing, but I think also because of the clash of styles and just the. I don't know. I, I just there was just something about that match which I thought maybe it's because they just came back from intermission as well, but it just yeah. seemed to just click perfectly for me. So that's my match of the night, definitely. Likewise, as I said during the uh, during the description over there, I think it was probably my match of the night, and it, it was. There was a lot of good solid matches tonight, um, but I think that was my match of the night as well. Um, just the two different, uh, the two sort of very different polar opposite of styles, but being able to pull it together to work really, really well. Yeah, I just it just worked a treat. It was just good fun. Um, Shane, you pointed them up when we first started watching this together. 
you said to me that Shane Mercer was one of these guys that you really, really love watching. Yeah. Because he just embodies everything. He embodies every style that you can think of. And he does everything really, really well. And I think that, again, he, he portrayed that brilliantly um, in the show. I, I think you're right. I think he's he's one of those again for for a newbie to this uh, one to watch a lot of them are ones to watch they all they all are to be mm-hmm. fair or someone to watch yeah. them but um yeah just very, just it all worked really really well and I'll, i agree with you on that it was definitely match of the night for me as well i think it definitely i think one thing i enjoyed about this show as well is that um it was full of variety gcw was always full of variety but Everyone got time. Everyone, like you said, the thing about these multi-man scrambles is that a lot of the times they're very rushed and they're very. A lot of people try to get a lot in in a very short period of time. Whereas all these matches got time, and all the matches got a great crowd response from everybody, and everything just clicked perfectly. You know, and we got to see some new faces. We got to see some developments in people we've seen already, and you know, we got to see some really strong performances from people who. Um, you know, have already delivered in the goods various times before, you know, so it was a real kind of great mesh of what we'd seen before and going forward. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Likewise, mate. Well, thanks once again for joining me, Steve, man. Being no, that's uh, all right. Being good fun, being good crack, and hopefully we'll get to do it again <laughs> very, very soon. Um, hopefully... Our listeners have been able to check out our previous GCW reviews as well for Homecoming. Uh, it was the first one we did. We did the double header for that one as well, yeah. didn't we? Um, but um, we've done three now. So go and check them out if you haven't already. Um, and hopefully you've enjoyed this one too. We'll be no doubt we'll be bringing you further in the future. Um, Steve, do you want to quickly mention to everybody where they can find you on social media and what else you're up to, man? Yeah, so you can find me, uh, my own personal Twitter is at SteeJ215, um, where I tweet about wrestling and various other wrestling uh, facts and figures. And last week, uh, my first podcast, and I want to thank you, Mark, and the team at BBG Wrestling, uh, was released, first solo podcast, uh, Where the Cruiserweights Play, which is a celebration of the WCW Cruiserweight division. So each sort of, well, once in a few weeks, I'm going to be reviewing um, several matches on a show from the Cruiserweight division, looking at the history of the division. But it's not a retrospective in the sense of chronological order. Three random matches from the archives, talking about them, talking about different fun stats, talking about fun little, you know, tidbits from the, you know, the archives of WCW and the first show, yeah, it was great. So that's there on the um, BBG Wrestling to, for you to go and listen to. So that's uh, where the Cruiserweights play. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Cracking debut episode as well, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank I can't you. wait for the next one. Um, I was saying to you beforehand, I was really looking forward to hearing the next one. Yeah. Uh, but the way it's working is the Cruiserweight show is going to be on released on a Tuesday, which is also when we release our GCW reviews. So anytime there's a GCW review, um, that'll be on, and the weeks in between, that'll be for where the Cruiserweights play. Um, yeah. Also want to point out as well that we, myself and Pablo from, from um, bbgwrestling.com, um, not too long ago started our reviews and our look back at uh, Coliseum Video Home exclusives. So that's a uh, core video, 1990s. Um, very topical <laughs> Jeez. Um, and we've done our first couple now 
We've done Smack and Whack em, uh, <laughs> obviously, because <laughs> why wouldn't we have? Um, and we're also about to um, upload quite soon, uh, I think it's Crunch Classics. Um, there's a number of different ones. I keep getting mixed up what we've done and what we haven't done. But either way, that's going to be every Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. It's good fun, good crack, old school wrestling. Um, nice sort of mix up between that and our new wave reviews that I'm doing with Stephen here on GCW. Lots of fun stuff to be had on bbgwrestling.com. Go and check it out. Go and listen to our interviews. Go and listen to our reviews. Lots of fun stuff on there. And we hope to catch you all very, very soon.